Hello, hello, and welcome. This is Mr. B on Free Talk with Mr. B. Our guest is reminding us to be prepared. Always be prepared. Because you never know what opportunity is going to come your way. An opportunity has come his way. Please join me as we listen in to this live session of Free Talk. This is Free Talk, Free Talk with Mr. V. You're listening to Free Talk with Mr. B. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to Free Talk with Mr. V. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's so wonderful to have you in the studio um, here in Dubai. Uh, most of my clients I meet online and it's such a privilege to have someone in person in the studio. Same here. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So um, tell our listeners a little bit about you. My name is Dami. Um, I, I'm from London. I've recently moved to Dubai. And um, I come from a family of um, intellects and um, traders or business people. Um, I lived the first half of my life in Lagos and um, the second half of my life in London. And um, I'm currently living in Dubai, trading African art. And um, I've, had, I've been having a good time so far, to be honest. I've been here for about four weeks today. And um, I'm excited to join, join you on your platform and um, share my story. Oh, it's a pleasure having you. Definitely a pleasure having you. I know um, I spoke to others also about expressing themselves and their stories, but it's definitely nice to have met young people. I, I like to see young entrepreneurs coming on board and, and sharing their stories, telling everyone where they, uh, where they have been and where they want to go. You say you were uh, not originally from London. And so your family, uh, you mentioned Lagos, your family is still in Lagos? Most of my family members are in London. So first gen, my parents, my siblings, my nephews, my niece are all in London. So London is home. I see. However, um, originally we're from Oshun State in Nigeria. Okay. Oshun State, Elisha to be precise. To be precise. And um, mom and dad moved the family over to England in the early 2000s. And um, I more or less went to high school in London, university in um, London. Um, I've, I grew up in London. My formative years was in London. Oh. So um, London is part of me. <laughs> Very good. It, uh, it took a long time to even to see how the mix of accents from Nigeria to London. And so going there as a younger person, I love the blend. I love the mix. You know. It's probably worked out. Wait a minute, when last did you go back? I went for a working holiday in October 2018. I was there for about 10 weeks and um, I had to return to London for sort of, yeah, to London for some reasons, which we will talk about later on in the um, podcast. Right. Yes, I remember working um, there when I first went, I think it was 2010. And I left in 2015, and so it was a fascinating experience for myself, um, getting to know Lagos and the surrounding areas. But that, that subject uh, of, of going to London, how different did it feel for you? I mean, even as a kid, you would have seen some differences. Yeah, um, I, I left as, as a teenager, the earlier, earlier part of my teenagehood, and um, settling in was a bit um, 
tricky. I was exposed to a bit of bullying at school and um, <laughs> I had to overcome that through my resilience. And um, myself and my brother lived together with a guardian and um, it was a very traumatic experience to be honest, but we managed to overcome it. And um, as time went by, mom and dad came over to join us. So they initially left us with a guardian, but later on they came to join and um, we carried on from there. What about the weather? Wasn't it like too cold? It was extreme. It was always extremely cold during the winter months. I never liked it. <laughs> Looking back, I wonder I've been able to cope in England for almost 20 years, you know, during the winter months. However, one of the reasons why I decided to move to Dubai was to um, enjoy this. <laughs> you <Lovely> think? <laughs> now, I have many countries I worked in and I always resisted going to cold countries. So I was able to work myself in Angola and so much time in Nigeria because the weather was my kind of weather. So I look forward to that. So you went to, would you tell our audiences what universities it was? What's it, some of the names that they may be familiar with? So I did a foundation year program at um, London Metropolitan University. That's in North London. And then um, I did a short stint of a business economics degree at Kingston University, which is in um, Kingston in Surrey. Then, long story short, I managed to get my degree done properly at um, Plymouth University. They have a campus in London, so I ended up studying a Plymouth degree in London. And um, I studied accounting and finance, and um, I came out with first class in accounting and finance. And um, after that, I've um, gone on to build my career. In accounting and finance? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I worked briefly with an insurance firm called MetLife, and mm -hmm. then I worked briefly with a private equity firm. However, like I said earlier on, I come from a family of traders, so I wasn't fulfilled with those kind of arrangements. So I ended up setting up my own um, investment firm, and um, I've run that for a while. Then one thing led to the other, I ended up working with this gallery I work with in London at the minute. And that's what I've been doing since last summer. Oh, very cool. And when I meet people who uh, are schooled, I really, really uh, appreciate and honor their schooling. But I always like to hear their passions because many people have accomplished good schooling degrees and so on, but it's not always their passion. Mm. And so it looks like you went into something that might be of more aligned with your thinking, that, that trading, is, is yeah, that what yeah, you would call yeah, it? Yeah. I'll say trading is my destiny, trading is my passion. Um, my parents exposed us to trading very, very early. So we would go to school in Nigeria, and after school, they would expect us to come to their shop. They had a shop in, um, in Lagos. So rather than going home like other kids, we don't go home after school, we go to the shop, and um, we join them in trading in the shop till about 6, 7 p.m. in the yeah. evening. And then after that, we all get into the car and then we we'll go home and that's it. I can attest to that because I was standing at a, at a market in, in Lagos. I think it's around, um, what the name of the roundabout more so in Lagos. Um, but as I, one of the Lekki roundabout areas and I was facing a seven-year-old who is negotiating at a degree of, a, of an adult and I, my mouth is open wondering like in awe. 
I think I was emptying my pocket, <laughs> giving the child anything they wanted, because I was so amazed. So yes, I can attest to that. Very, very good. Very, very good. And so now today, you you've turned it into something that you wanted it to be in. And and although you took it from London to here in Dubai, what forced that transition? Okay, so besides the weather, besides the weather, besides the weather. Um, I went through a process over the last three years. So for some weird reason, I came in contact with um, tuberculosis um, exactly three years ago, January 2018. And long story short, I would have expected that I would be put on, um, on, on treatment, which is a normal routine. You, you, get, you, you come up with symptoms, you go to your doctor, they do a diagnosis and they put you on treatment. So that was what I expected. But long story short, um, for some reasons, uh, my diagnosis was delayed and um, I found out later on that even though I was sent off for biopsy, the samples I was taking from my body was cultured, but the information that was supposed to be extracted from the culturing and sent to my um, TB team that is meant to put me on treatment was delayed. And due to that fact, my treatment was delayed because without the information being sent to the TB guys, they won't start my treatment. So even though the symptoms started in um, January and by June, where they had suspected TB, I didn't start treatment until October. And by then it was too late. TB is a life-threatening disease and it spread from my chest to my spine. And, um, I started treatment in October, my spine collapsed in November and I was in Lagos on a working holiday and I had to return to London So for, for surgery. The surgery was successful, however I spent the year of 2019 and 2020 recovering. So during the process of recovering I said to myself, I don't want to be in an environment where I don't feel safe. And the more I don't feel, I felt, I felt betrayed, I felt, I felt let down because I left my life in the hands of those I thought would look after me medically, but they failed me. And um, I had to fight, I had to fight physically, I had to fight medically, I had to fight emotionally to obviously recover fully. So based on that, I decided to obviously move on, you know, and um, find somewhere else to continue with my life. And I looked at my options, um, Dubai was the obvious option, so that's why I'm here. Yeah, that was a real life impacting decision because it wasn't driven by frivolous behaviors, it was like a solid decision. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And, and today, how are you feeling? Um, I mean, I could not have tell when I met you, so you must be a very strong fighter. I am, I am. I'm 100%, so that's my mayor. Oh, very nice. And again, I met you not just talking about medical issues, I, I met you talking about art. Exactly. And uh, that is like a, a whole different conversation exactly. from the medical issues. Exactly. So I'm very glad that you're here, but now I need you to tell me about that art and um, what drives that and, and what is it really about? How can everyone um, participate in what you're doing because you have some energy behind it? Right, so um, sometimes last year I found out, in fact from late 2019, I found out that each time I went into an art gallery, 
as part of my recovery, I felt better. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, it's a tip. If you're recovering from um, PTSD or depression, or you've had a surgery and a major surgery and you're trying to recover, if you're going to art galleries, it actually helps mentally to recover. Interesting, very interesting. So I'm still trying to, um, what's it called? Figure out the link between the science of recovering and um, going into an art gallery. I still think there's a bit of science behind it. Okay. You know, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to, put, I'm trying to put together the puzzle, but I'm a testimony to the fact that the more I go into a gallery, the more stronger I feel, the more ill I get. And um, I was just, on Instagram and I found this African art gallery called um, Signature African Art. I reached out to them and I went into the gallery to check out what they do and I fell in love with their collection. What is it called? Signature African, African art. art. Oh, okay, interesting. So I fell in love with their collection. Um, it's a family business. They, they, the family are originally from Lebanon. However, they are very Nigerian, so obviously that <laughs> okay, created the connection. Right? So, and uh, we decided to partner because I'm very exposed to iNetworth individuals, and they wanted me to obviously bring in my clientele, and uh, we've been working on that together really. So, my role in the gallery really is to bring in collectors, and um, I've been doing that since last year. A year in the rights. Um, city in the world, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, I know someone mentioned um, to me about uh, net worth over time, and uh, how do you tie your the art collection to people who want holdings and does not want to be, for example, in the stock market and so on. Sorry, could you go over that again? The like the stock market, right? Mm -hmm. We tend to habitually go through this normal process of of investing one way. How do you how do you reference pieces of art? as holdings or, or, or valuable holdings and so on? Okay, so African art at the minute is, is, is the go-to real asset because if you're trying to diversify your portfolio, naturally you look at art, you look at wine, you look at motor cars or classic cars and stuff. However, if you focus on art at the minute, due to the BLM movement, due to NSARS in Nigeria, there's a lot of buzz around African art at, at, the, at the minute. I see. So, um, and we have some fantastic established African artists, and we have some amazing um, emerging artists. So what we do when we meet our collectors is to obviously break down our investing works in the art world. So for us, what we are able to explain to them is the fact that when you pick up a piece of artwork, you need to look at the value around it. And where the value comes from in our own um, world is the fact that we've been around for about 28 years, or 29 years this year actually. And that puts a lot of value on our art because we've been around for a while. Right. And most of the artists we represent are well educated. So that puts a lot of value as well on the art piece because some of the things you need to look at is when you're, when you're picking up an artwork is the gallery selling the art piece, the educational background of the artist, how long have the, art, the, the artist been um, painting, um, the amount of exhibitions they've had, is it solo exhibition or group exhibition. So all of this puts a premium on the artwork 
And um, the interesting thing is there's a lot of established auction houses putting a lot of um, interest into African art. So you have the likes of Sotheby's, the likes of Bonham's, the likes of Phillips, the likes of um, Gagosian, um, opening up their own Africa division. So obviously with those kind of institutions being involved, then clearly there's something um, of value going on in that space. So we advise our clients to obviously pick up the art piece whenever they can and obviously with the um, with the factors I've listed which obviously we can deliver on um, when you pick up an art piece from us the chances of it increasing in value is always high. Okay and so that's what we're talking about either way value because some people collect gold some people collect cash some people collect diamonds and to add to their collection value works of art mm-hmm. and this African art holds its value too, I'm hearing from you. And that's that's the encouraging factor to diversify their holdings. Exactly. And that something will hold value. It's very, my clients, I was hoping all my listeners will find you. How will everyone find you? Okay, uh, I'm very big uh, on social media, so they can find me on Instagram. Millennial Godfather is my handle. Millennial, um, M-I-L-L-E-N-I-A-L. Then Godfather, G-O-D-F-A-T-H-E-R, one okay. word. Interesting. Um, we also have an Instagram page for the gallery. It's called Signature African Art. Signature African Art, okay. And then um, you can actually check, out, check us out on our website as well. So it's signatureafricanart.com. Okay, good. Signature African Art is easy enough to remember.com. We try to highlight it so at least our listeners can go and look and um, again it's a global thing so at least they can look from wherever they are in the world and get to know it's about you your does it link your bio also um, it's I believe well it doesn't however um, I can always when 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 potential clients reach out to me I can always send them the link to the website I can send them the link to um, the 3d link of the gallery Right. Because you can actually do a little t- a tour of the a tour of the gallery through our 3D link. You can actually because we have two floors in the gallery, and you can actually go around the gallery virtually. So there are tons of links which I'll be more than happy to provide. Very nice. And now you'll be able to take this link from your podcast and drop it everywhere. Exactly. And we'll be able to take um, the gallery's link and put it on our, our pages exactly. also. Because the whole idea too for us is to um, take what we call giving back. Correct. And to give back is to let everyone know what others are doing. And um, from that sense, we'll tell someone, if they can get a tidbit from your experience, because I noticed that you just, there's nothing that's going to stop you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and you were never going to give up um, whatever someone claimed that you have as a, as a disease, what you call TB or anything that you went through. And the other part of what I appreciate about what she said is you were, you're willing to move on and, and, and that's still for many people fascinating. Um, to be able to, to take the risks, to be able to make yourself new, to be able to, to keep on going, all of those are actually um, episode titles we had before now. People are expressing some of the same things so we can't be stagnant in what we're doing. So we really appreciate that. So 
again, you were in the university in, in London. And let's say now, I'm going to ask you this. <laughs> let's say they invited you back. They, they found out your podcast. They saw your webpage and they invited you back to be guest speaker because they were just fascinated by um, you studying numbers, but changing your to be a trader. Given them, given back to them now, what would you want to give back to them? Because you're you're just presenting this keynote speaker. What would you want to leave with them before you depart your speaking engagement? Yeah, thank you for that. I would one major thing I'll leave with the audience is the fact that you need to be prepared. Um, I've I've this moment I'm living at the minute. I've prepared for it for about six years. So it's not just a case of um, I woke up in November 2020 or December 2020 and I'm, I decided to move to Dubai. No, I've always wanted to be a bridge between Africa or Lagos and London for years. I've always wanted to be a bridge between Africa and the West for years. Obviously, I've tried different um, platforms to make that happen over the, over the last six years. However, um, based on my surgery and my recovery, I decided to take it to another level, which is obviously to be a bridge between um, London or Lagos, London and Dubai. So if we bring in our artwork from Lagos, it can go to the gallery in London or it can go to, it can come to me in Dubai. So my, my what's it called? The plan, as that's, that has always been the plan, and like I said, it's been in the pipe work for about six years. So I always remind, I always advise anyone who um, maybe keynoting or advising to always create platforms or build, build yourself up to have the necessary skills for, an, for opportunities because opportunities can come at any time. <laughs> and um, if you're prepared, then you can strike while the iron is hot. Also, I would always advise people to obviously um, be a platform to give him back. You're obviously doing that, <laughs> yeah. you know, so um, you don't have to wait till you're on Forbes before you start giving back. Exactly. You know? Oh, nice. So you can give back whilst you're at university. You can give back whilst you're doing your graduate scheme because we do a lot of graduate scheme in England, yeah. you know, so you can give back as a young professional or if you're maybe a mid, if you're a mid management, you can also give back. It's, it's never too early or too late to give back. And whilst you're giving back, uh, you're not only creating opportunities for others, you're also creating opportunities for yourself. It's a two-way thing. Very nice. Yeah. So, um, and um, just do whatever you can to build yourself up, create the rights, connections um, I always tell people this is this is this is a classic line which is your network determines your net worth well in reality in business your network determines how far you can go so you really need to make sure you have the right people around you you know make sure you have the right team around you as well and make sure you keep the right energy around you with all of those the sky is a starting point and always be prepared. Always be prepared. <laughs> yes, because you never know what's going to come your way. Exactly. Oh, this is this is fascinating. It's, uh, you are inspirational itself. Thank you. And it's, uh, it's definitely a joy to be able to talk to you and to have you here in the Dubai studios. So it's very nice to meet up with you this way. Um, there's, I know you have a lot of topics in your mind and in addition to the artwork and things you're working on, 
my question to all my guests is, are you willing to come on again and, and to highlight a subject that's passionate towards you? Even the experience with the medical times or the experience with the art world or other artists and so on. Would you come on to our program again? Why not? I'm, I'm more than happy to come on the program and talk about my mental health experience because um, this is a topic which a lot of people don't want to delve into. And um, in our community in London, um, mental health plagues black men on a big scale. Mental health itself, okay. Plagues black men on a big scale. So, but we live in a society whereby things like that are swept under the carpet. So I'll be more than happy to come back on your platform oh, and talk about nice. it. Very nice. I will. We have this well documented. So I'll remind you to please come on and tell us about this in the London environment. And then we will push some of these podcasts towards them too, because listening to other people's stories, like going into uh, an art studio, does some healing. And if you find out about the healing connectivity between those type of activities among men in general we want men to come out and speak and, exactly. and to express themselves and um, and heal themselves exactly. too so all of those subjects are, are wonderful subjects they're all ways of giving back and i really appreciate it it was really a pleasure talking to you and having you on and and look forward to having you on again thank you you're thank you so much wonderful wonderful person so i appreciate that thank, thank you, you. God bless. Indeed, that was Dami. Oh my gosh, she was getting prepared. The style, the tenacity, so much adversity, but he was still getting prepared for what was to come. He's here in Dubai. Follow him on Instagram, Millennial Godfather. You can find him. And he's going to come back and talk to us as he continues to talk and podcast about men's health in parts of London. Again, Dami, let's continue the conversation. Join us on Instagram. Follow us on our YouTube channel. Go to our website. We look forward to talking to you and keeping this conversation going. Thank you. Thank you.